Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Mouth of Manliness after our noisy interlude there. Um, so, yeah, my name's Nick Noise. This is Brad Action. Brad the Action. named Brad Action. Yeah, my, my new friend, nickname. <laughs> my friend uh, told me it sounded properly like a porn name. I like, well, I thought Bad good. Brad was more of a porn name, to be honest. No, Brad Action is definitely more of a porn name. Brad Action. Although I'm dyslexic and misread your name on the first Mouth of Manliness yeah. intro thing as Brad Action. So right. I thought you were called Brad Action. Okay, so that's fitted anyway. Oh, there you so go. It's perfect. That's so, cool. Uh, yeah, so welcome uh, to the podcast. Welcome to uh, our viewers here, Boston. Um, we went live this week on here, Boston. Yes, so we did. A very exciting week. Ooh. You probably notice there's a different voice in the room. Hello. Uh, this is Neil Cunningham. Um, and Neil basically got in touch with me via one of my oldest friends um, saying that he'd like to come on. And um, I thought, what a brilliant idea. So I'm going to kind of ask Neil, um, why did you want to come on? Well, yeah, so it's through your mate, James, uh, who, who I work with. Big and James listen- Quinn. James Quinn, child. And Big Cube. And... Uh, I listened to the first episode and I thought it was really refreshing to talk about man stuff. I know, yeah. like, like men have been talking about their stuff for fucking millennia, so I can swear, right? We yeah, totally. Yeah, Just don't say cunt. And um, I was actually, we'll get onto this later, thinking about what would be the male version of it. Of cunt, like, what what could be the the male version of that? And thought yeah. maybe chode. Yeah, chode. I like chode. Chode's a strong word. I like choddy and chode. What? So the male version, as in the male. Like, like well, what's what's a what's a, what's a well, what's, yeah, what's a swear word that's as visceral as cunt? 
that which is horrible. It's, yeah, when you think about it, though. Cunt. My mum listens to this, and she was like, <laughs> "You do say cunt a lot," and I was like, "Oh, oh I don't apologise for that." Sorry, mum. I'll I'll apologise because I want to please everyone. Probably said it more than me because I'm a little bit conscious of saying it because your mum. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh... It's definitely a southern thing, though. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. No. 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 I remember when I used to, when I moved down south when I was eighteen and moved to London, and people would say it and I'd shiver. Mm. Like physically, like oh, I can't believe you said that because that would be fighting, fighting oh, really? words. Yeah, yeah. people just use it fighting to say. Oh, when couldn't you choose? Oh, fucking can't. I've missed the bus. <laughs> I, I, I went out with a girl. Trivialises it. When I was at university, I went out with a girl very briefly, this Greek girl, and um, she was pretty shocked by the word "cunt" because I was using it all the time, and I was by in reference to in reference to absolutely <laughs> everything and anything. Right, and uh, we were like. And me and my mate convinced her that it was perfectly fine to say it. Amazing. And that she should say it. Nice. And then she started saying it. And uh, I, live, I live with a bloke, like one of my another really old friends, and then, and two girls, and they didn't appreciate it at all. She was like, <laughs> all right, you can't. Why did this Greek girl have a northern accent? No, 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 no. She, she'd go, cunts, cunts, or something like that. And I was like, that's not how you say it. You had to sound like really kind of sound aggressive. Nice. But coming back to sorry, yeah, I deflected then. Yeah, no, um, fine. So I listened to the first podcast and I thought it was really refreshing to hear you both talk about things that you're into, things that are on your mind. There was a, there was a couple of things that really challenged the way I thought about stuff. So specifically, and forgive me, I can't remember which which one of you brought it up, but when you were talking about um, the behaviour on building sites and the things that people say and that kind of tribalism around it's okay to behave like this because I'm in this tribe and people let each other get away with it. Yeah. And then actually taking a step back and going, that, that's abhorrent. You no, can't yeah. behave like yeah. that. That's disgusting. And, but then acknowledging that you do do it. And I thought it was really, I didn't think it was right that people behave like that, but no. I do think it's brave to acknowledge, actually I need to check myself. Yeah, it's hard. It's horrible, yeah. It's um, really hard. Not just that, but like men need to hold other men accountable, I think. Yeah. And it's not easy to stand up to people and go, do you know what? I don't agree with what you've just said there. Yeah. Especially if there's like eight other people who have just said it kind of thing. But yeah, just being able to go away and think, right, I didn't say it then, but I'm just going to make a conscious effort now just to not say it or I'm just going to move away from that group of friends or change my job or whatever. Like, That's you know. a big life shift. All right, I'm going to change my job. Yeah, no, but you know, not, not that extreme. No, but you but... raise a good point. Like mm. if you might have to remove yourself from it to be able to examine your behaviour. And I think... There's a couple of things that feed into it. It's like men, men. What is man? Yeah. What is man? And like, they're all behaviors, and women have those behaviors, and just mm-hmm. as the stereotypically female behaviors that men are capable of, and yeah. it doesn't make you any more or less of a of a man if you no, do any right. of those. If you do any of those things, and it and it's we've just been told we've been told been told it's for, for generations especially as i say in the west there's been a way of behaving mm. and being introverted and self-reflective is was not one of the virtues that we were taught would get you anywhere in life no and so it is difficult and i think for a lot of men to go you know i'm i'm fine i'm successful yeah. why should i bother looking yeah. at myself it's actually you can be more successful yeah totally if you do if you can understand how other people might be hurt by your actions it's going to get you far further in life than just sticking in your and even surrounding yourself in a positive circle and more positive and influential people and getting yourself in in like a different circle can make Mm. such a big difference it's huge 
But that's not to say we know what we're talking about <laughs> no, at all, um, because it was raised before that, you know, the, maybe the way we kind of spoke about um, a couple of things, like the, it was kind of brought up that um, we might have been picking on like people on okay. building sites and everything else. And I speak from my own experience, um, having worked on those and just the people that I've been around and sort of hung around with and stuff like that. And I include myself in that group. Ooh. I've said and done some horrible things to people. Um, well, maybe not in the grand scheme of things, but in my mind, it was horrible. And I felt terrible for it afterwards. And I just thought like, you know, if other people knew that I kind of felt like that, then maybe it might make a little bit of a difference and, and go from there. So I think the shift is, is the, that kind of uh, checking yourself. Mm. If you're prepared to kind of check yourself and think, oh, actually, I might have done that, but like that was shit. Like, mm. I shouldn't do that. Like, that's where the change comes, and that's where you know that's where the kind of being the bigger person and saying, no, no, that's mm. fucking out of order. Yeah, you know, we shouldn't do that. So it's funny you, you were saying about from where you come from, and there being um, sometimes a slightly different attitude to things. You know that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was talking to someone the other day. And um, her family were from the north, and she had like uh, her nephew was uh, was getting beaten up at school, and um, he wouldn't fight, and the family really shunned him. He was only young, but they were like, "No, you fight back," mm. and he's like, "No, I don't, I don't want to. Like, I'm not that type of person. I won't fight back." And it's like, "No, no." You know, these like, almost like these are northern virtues. You stand up for yourself, and, yeah. And I and you think if it, some of us just aren't really capable of that. I've never been particularly no. capable of doing that, and that's really difficult. I mean, I don't think that is just there. I think that's everywhere. Mm. You know, I'm sure you get that in London and everywhere else. But um, did you ever find like where you grew up made things difficult for you? Well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah is the is the is the uh, short answer. So I got bullied a lot at school. Um, so I'm gay. Like, just it is what it is. And so well, I moved to Barnsley from New Zealand. Spent a couple of years growing up there, and I got called posh because I had a Kiwi accent. Like, just maybe it's set, you you are different. Yeah. You are posh, and and I'm not a fighter. You know, I'm much more of a hey. Why don't we all? Okay. talk this out and get along yeah, and, you know only. I'm the kid who wanted to play chess and it's like oh you're not making any friends here and <laughs> yeah no so I remember I used to take different routes home because they avoid different groups of bullies and if I was you know if, if they did start on me I'd run off and I remember one of them like trying to goad me into fights like these different groups trying to goad me into a fight and I was just like I don't want to do that mm. not because I'm not capable of doing it but I think I've got to make myself so sanctimonious I, I even thought then when I was like 15, 16, there's a better way of sorting this out. Totally. And also it's fucking terrifying when yeah. you've got like t- a group of 10 guys all chanting fire. And I, actually in your core, you're going, I don't don't want to do this. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah, I think there's definitely an expectation of, and it's, it's almost more unsettling not to fight. And that's what people don't get. Mm. Or what I thought that maybe that's why some of the derision came. It's like, all oh, right, so if you're gay, you don't fight. Therefore, we don't understand yeah. that. And I'm not, like you're saying, Brad, I'm not talking as my experience is everybody's experience. No, no, no. Voice no. About it. It's, can I talk it, from it, my experience? Yeah. From yours. yeah, exactly. Um, that's what, that's what we're But yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, like, yeah, it, it's terrifying. 
and what you want to do is just everyone to to get along so do you think like looking back now there might have been people in that group who might have actually been thinking inside this is a bit shit i don't think well we should be doing this i think it's a loaded question <laughs> yeah. um but well i would hope so mm. i hope that none of those young men grew up to be bullies in their day-to-day yeah, yeah. lives like i've just uh let me rephrase that not just i was working at a company where there was you know toxic masculinity gets bandied about as a term mm-hmm. they're just behaviors like yes they are behaviors that are, are typically masculine when you talk about like competition or or um uh, essentially singling people out or being tribalist to the point where you know it's us and them where where the the essentially head group it was very much if you don't get on board with us you're out yeah that's it and then they would go out of their way to just essentially undermine everything that you wanted to do mm. um and i've forgotten the question i've seen that happen like in social <laughs> services and that though like, you think you like within a group of people who are supposedly kind of empathetic uh they're trained yeah. and aware of other mm. people and social dynamics and you know, and diversity as well, massively trained in those areas. Yeah. Yet, I've been like, you know, I've had experience of teams when it's like there's like a core clique and they're in charge, and like you either join the clique or like you're going to be going in about a year because mm. you're yeah. not going to get on there. So, actually, going back to the question we're saying, do, do I think some of those people grew up for that? Yeah. I hope they don't, but I think people can grow up to be that. Yeah, totally. Actually. Especially if they're surrounded by people who echo their. Sentiments. And this was a very, very professional, uh, professional uh, city job. Mm-hmm. But actually, what you ended up with this was this group of men running this business, who prided themselves on things like um, they never, they never said thank you for anything. Right. They would never acknowledge you in communication. Well, and they would talk about doing this. Yeah. So in... everything was about oh, the customers first. The customers first. Yeah. My whole thing was. You know, yes, but you've got a whole group of people that you should be serving as as a leader of this business. Yeah, you know, they're they're your customers. Why is everyone leaving? Well, maybe if you didn't treat them like an arsehole the entire time. What I mean by that is those that stiff upper lip, don't show your emotion. Yep, be hard. Mm. And if you're not like this, then there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with the way you're approaching things. Mm. Which is why I left the job. Yeah, because I fundamentally don't agree with that. Totally. The problem is (laughs) is that. in many ways, those people are often quite successful. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're you know, from us looking in, we'd be saying that's terrible behaviour. Mm. But them looking at they're going, well, like, who's a successful one here? Yeah. They're the ones doing well. You know, like, it's that kind of... What's your measure of success? Thing. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, what most people's measure of success mm. is, is, financial, uh, is financial success, isn't it? And, like, you know, that's clearly... Uh, not mine but um you know for a lot of people they're going to be like well like, i'm successful you're the idiot you're the one who's not doing it you're no, i'm the one who's doing well here it's, yeah uh, yeah i agree with that and you would look at it and go if everyone else around me if i'm successful to this point but to that point i'm talking about the company i was talking about they had a real issue with growing beyond where they were like headcount essentially and, and what they wanted to do as a business because they yeah. couldn't hold on to people. Mm-hmm. So it's almost at that point when you go, actually, if, if you've got this wealth of data behind it that's saying like people are leaving and they're putting on things like Glassdoor or, or their exit interviews that it's company culture and that it's bullying. 
Like yeah. they're saying that word. That's a strong word to use. Yeah, like totally. if you've ever been bullied, especially in a strong... professional environment. Yeah, exactly. As well. You know, my boss bullies me. That's that's a strong thing yeah. to, to say, which I don't think a lot of people just throw out there. They usually say, "Oh, it's it's a development opportunity or, yeah. or more money." But the, you know, they're saying it's 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 bullying. I think it becomes a weakness then. Yeah, that, oh, that yeah, single yeah. mindedness. Totally. And the the reason I bring this up was I was in I started therapy last year for the first time. Amazing. It was, took a long time for me to actually reach out and yeah, ask anyone for any does, fucking though. help. Um, despair gets you there. Yeah. And it was it was only with the therapist where it was like, all right, so we were talking about behaviours and reactions to things. And I'd always been very single-minded. Like, I want this. Therefore, the rest of the world has to make way for me to do that thing. Very, very arrogant way of looking at stuff. But it got me very far in a very short amount of time. Yeah, Like, really, really far in, in, into my career and where that was. But I'd not stopped to realise that actually it was the thing that was holding me back now. Mm. That single-mindedness of this is how my life should look now. And if it doesn't look like this, if it's not how, um, not I thought it was going to work out or how I thought I want people to view me, then it's shit. And actually, that's not true at all. It's difficult because you kind of want to have like aspirations and kind of be aiming for something mm. and know in your mind that you're aiming in that kind of direction. But mm. it's it's like... That's kind of touched on my stuff a little bit because I'm so busy trying to do what I'm trying to do and everything else that it's only really when someone else kind of calls it out sometimes, family or whatever, and they go, "Oh, you've been a bit like angry or this or that or whatever," and you look around and go, "Oh, fucking hell, yeah, I've like I've been a bit of a dick." Did it's... someone call it out for you then? Uh, my wife every day, not really. <laughs> uh... <laughs> um, no, I think reflecting back on past friendships. Um, I think I touched on this uh, last couple of episodes, but like bands and stuff like that mm-hmm. in particular. Um, and just they, how they kind of fall away. And I think that is a natural part of life. And it's something I didn't yeah. understand until recently because in my mind, I just wanted as many friends as possible. So mm. Facebook and social media is a good example. Like at one stage, I was just collecting friends. And I had, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then... With no meaning. No. And then I'd, I'd sat one day and someone suggested to me, just delete everyone. that you, When you look at them, you don't instantly sort of have a memory of or recognise or anything like that. And it was really, really, really hard. Um, especially being a people pleaser. And yeah, I cut that right down. I got it down to like 800 or something like that. And I'm still, you know, I, to I be honest, well, no, I mean, you know, I don't <laughs> really I use it that much. That much. Humble it, it's, yeah, it's ideal for this because, you know, promotion and everything else. And I'm using you all as pawns in my uh, social media advertising yeah. game. Um, but to be able to do that was quite therapeutic. And then when you do reflect back and think there is always something else going on, there's other reasons people are off doing whatever they're doing and everything else. It's not always actually down to you. The reason why you're not in that situation anymore. And it's probably healthy that you're not in that situation. anymore. That goes back to what I was saying. The problem's not them. The problem is you looking for, to feel better from other people. Yeah. Mm. And that, that is a, is um, a fool's pursuit. <laughs> yeah, know, it is. Like, really you, is. You're like, other people aren't going to make it all better for you. No. It just doesn't exist. Even if you're like, you know, like my wife makes a lot of things better for me. Mm. But essentially, I still know it's got to come from me. Yeah. And I think like therapy is great for that because it kind of, kind of pulls you back to thinking about things a bit yeah. more sensibly. Yeah. And it, used, it, used, it throws in concepts like that. And you're like, 
oh yeah, I've been doing that all my life, you know, the acceptance, you know, wanting to have like lots of friends, but actually none of those friends really give you anything in particular. No. You know, like, um, and like that's like success, I think, can be like that. You know, it's like, well, if I'm successful, I'll be happy. Mm. And there's a lot of very successful people who realise that actually they're still not happy and like money doesn't, it's the old adage that money doesn't buy Yeah, there's a good quote from Jim Carrey, I think, who says, like, wishes everyone could find fame and fortune just so they realise that it really ain't the answer to a lot of things. It's just, if anything, cause more problems. It's difficult to kind of get your head around because culturally, most films, you know, ends and everyone's either laughing or well off. Can you imagine or that, though, you go out for dinner? Like, every time you go out somewhere, you're just trying to get through whatever you've ordered every 30 seconds. Someone not even coming over and saying, like, can I have an autograph, yeah. but knowing that everyone in the restaurant mm-hmm. knows who you are. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if you were ever so slightly paranoid? Yeah, I'll oh, totally. <laughs> just feed in, like, what are they saying? Who's saying it? Yeah. And I think we all go through that in our own yeah. ways, like you were saying with social media. It's almost the reverse of it. Like, I've posted something. Well, everything I post gets 500 likes. Why has this only got 490? Yeah. And you go, not that everything I've ever posted on 409 likes. <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, almost isn't it? It's like, why am I losing? What am I not doing right? right yeah. I, I need to correct my behaviour to please this unseen yeah. audience. Yeah. All these people I don't know. And it's it like... still touches on me it, with this. Don't work. Yeah. No. No, it, it happened no. to me. It happened to me with this. Doing podcasts, exactly that. It was like, lots of people are listening. We're getting loads and loads of like, likes. Hmm. And then one day, like, nothing much was happening. And... That was when I was like, why am I looking for others to make me happy? Why am I doing that? What essentially is that? And that's essentially insecurity. You know, I'm insecure, so I look to others to make me secure. And um, as I say, that's a a false game. That doesn't work. It is a false game, but it's a lot to try and make yourself secure. Like, the only person, actually, I don't, I was going to say the only person I know, but I don't think anyone I know is that solid that they Mm. don't look for some kind of outside. Um, confirmation that they're doing well and that you you do all right and you know that I think I kind of equate it with trying to be like comfortable in your own skin or yeah. or trying to relax. I was saying to my my I suppose my fiance but or boyfriend but with thirty five and thirty seven it's a bit a bit longer the two for boyfriend. Um, you got a ring on? Oh no, but he proposed to me oh. on a beach in India. Oh, nice. birthday. It was lovely. But we'd met when we were 19, yeah. got back together five years ago, so it'll be six oh, years really? this year. Yeah, it was very nice. But he's, I remember once, Matt's really good at relaxing. He's really good at, like, I've done my work now, relax. And he can do nothing. He's really good at doing nothing. Mate, that's MBA. an actual skill. I know, I know. You mm. can't teach that, I don't think. No. I remember once um, we're getting ready and it's the first time I went to India and, and um, to do something like this do this a lot I've got tension in my shoulders like what's up I was like I'm just getting all tense thinking about how much I'm going to have to relax while I'm on holiday <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I do that yeah. on holidays though yeah. I'm not, I don't relax on holiday and I find it more I relax at home but I, I find holiday, I can't relax at all no. and I, I do exactly that I get stressed thinking um, I'm going to look weird or my family's going to be like what's wrong yeah, with you but then I'm why should relaxed. you relax but why exactly, you know exactly, exactly like, if, if I don't you? relax by not relaxing then that's fine I'll find something to do while he sits on the beach but again this idea of there's a way to do things yeah you know you should do it like this because everyone who's been to Southeast Asia has this photo and this photo and this yeah, photo yeah, and yeah, they've yeah, done yeah. that and that and that adverts for the holiday company are all everyone on the sun <laughs> yeah, lounger and everything yeah. else yeah so yeah it's a uh, it's a tricky one to do like to, to be to have that self-fortitude 
think it's very difficult, but we're taught to have that. That's a, a good virtue. Mm. You're stoic, yes. strong, stoic. silent. Yeah. yeah. That's was... not stoicism. That's um, after reading uh, Darren Brown's book about stoicism. Okay. Stoicism isn't stoicism isn't that you know like the typical you know like uh, that stiff upper lip is is meant to be quite stoic. You know like oh, I let you know I, um I you know all this bad shit happens and I, mm. I hold my head high. Stoicism is essentially not that. Stoicism is kind of really really basic stuff like um uh. Like one of the concepts of stoicism, which I really like, is that you can't control what other people do, yeah. so you don't worry about it. So uh, it, there's a lot more to it. But like even that, just the simple concept, is a little bit different to that. I don't. Stoicism almost suggests that you don't care. Where it's like, okay. it, there's kind of there's loads to stoicism. It's in that Darren Brown happiness book. I did. Do you know what? I picked it up and I actually looked at it and I was like, all right, I'm going to start reading this in a minute. And then I was just, the kids were doing something or whatever. And I still haven't even looked at the first page of it. I got it at Christmas. But I really, I'm itching, like loads of people said, oh, you've got to read it. It's, it's really good. I so really what, want to... what took you into therapy then? What? Um... We touched on it. <laughs> I know that I end up talking and we lose things. So I, can't... Oh, no, I, I was saying this. So I was. Uh... Round at James's, uh, having dinner with his wife, Tate, very lovely. And we're talking about, I was getting worried that, I'm not avoiding the question, by the way. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> I uh, struggle to tell stories quite linearly. Me too. I'm so dreadful at it. When I asked you what the question was, because I did have a point, but I thought, I don't know where I'm going yeah, with it. Yeah, it's because your brain is in the moment of the story that you're yeah. telling, so you don't have to yeah, remember um, Don't worry So about what took me into, into therapy? I'd, me and Matt had bought, a house and we've been living in it about a year and then I'd been uh, my role had been made redundant at the job I, I was in and that put a lot of pressure on but I managed to find a new job straight away and then Matt was hating where he was working he was being bullied and and it just you know when your partner's coming home at the end of the day you can just see like they're not themselves like this withdrawn version yeah. of who they are and totally you want to try and fix each other and you can't you can't fix, no one can fix someone else, but that's what you want to do. I'll stop hurting. I'm going to try and, I'm a doer. Like in my head, I'm like, I'm a doer. I can fix this. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so Matt was really unhappy and he wanted to quit his job. And then, so I'm thinking, well, if he quits his job, it's just going to be me earning. And while that's enough to cover the mortgage and stuff, it's going to be like bread and butter sandwiches time. And so he'd, you know, it was just this builder thing. And, and a lot of our friends had moved away. So we're talking about having friends and a good support group. Yeah. And the people I was really closest to, apart from that, had, had moved out of London. So there was like two of them left out of a group of 10. And so I felt like all my friends had gone away and I felt like the world was on my shoulders and I was going to have to support both of us. And then what if I lost my job? And it was just this like gradual buildup of things over time. And, and whereas my younger self would have really just laughed them off and gone... <laughs> Just get on with it. Really in the moment, really didn't care about what happened in the future. Mm. All this stuff just started building up. And for some reason, I didn't tell Matt about it. I don't know why. I just, I just kept it in. And it got to the point, and then and then work were treating me awfully. And I just, it got to the point where I, when I walked to work, walk out the house and there's a, there's a park in between the house and the, the tube station. And when I ent- entered the park in the morning, I just burst into tears because there's no one else around. It was like the 10 minutes of the day where no one would see me and I'd just burst. I'd cry and I'd cry and I'd cry. And then we got to the side of the park and stop. And it goes So did down. this happen fairly regularly? Yeah, so it started off just... 
No, actually, the crying just started all of a sudden, and it was about a week of it. And then I thought, this after about a year of not feeling right, yeah. of not of just not something not quite right. And I thought that I can't go on like this. And I started having these thoughts of, I could just go, I could just walk out, I could just take the savings, leave them at the house, and just go, and just go and sit on the beach somewhere, whatever. Which made me feel guilty because I was like, oh God, I can't believe I've got so much savings that I could do that. And then I felt overprivileged. And, and then this other stuff that shouldn't uh, come guilty, in. Guilty. Yeah. yeah and then I was like, oh my Sorry. God, but what will people think if I did that? And then of course, what will people think if you don't do that? And then you do do something because you didn't do the thing in the first place. And all of this stuff just swirling around while you're trying to keep a, a smile on. Yeah. Well, you're just trying to keep this. I'm cool. Yeah. Drinks on Friday. Great. Yeah. Lunch on Saturday afternoon sounds perfect. I'm going to go to the gym four times a week because I think I should like this and I think I should do this and I think I should do this. And it just got too much. And and I remember I, got, I called Matt and I said, don't want you to panic. You're going to panic if someone says, don't want you yeah, to panic. Yeah, totally. Don't want you to panic. Nothing bad's happened. Nothing bad's happened. But I really need to talk to you when when I get home tonight. Um, he was like, okay. I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm not ill. I'm not like, traditionally ill. I just, I just, I don't want you to worry. But when we get home tonight, I don't want you to sit down and, and then you freak out. So he was freaking out, yeah, <laughs> out all day. I know, I know. So it's actually, I, I kind of think looking back, going, oh, I should have done that. And um, I just told him what was happening. And the moment I told him, I felt like in, like a, a bit of the weight had gone, just a little bit had gone. And then I had to. So work were really good insofar as their healthcare thing. You had a whole. Um, like therapy thing built in so we get it free through work amazing yeah but I had to go through three consultations to do that so I had to tell this whole story oh no over and over. really oh, no. well, you know, I'm getting, really getting free wow. therapy but yeah so, so like um, to a to a online GP where you like hold your phone and they right, go yeah. to it and then to to a mental health nurse and then they went oh, that's great but to actually get the referral you now have to go to your GP yeah. our GP isn't the greatest in terms of trying to get appointments right so at the time there or I couldn't book online. I'd That's not registered really to book online. So I'm oh. trying to call them between 8 and 8.30 in the morning, yeah. which is the only time you can book an appointment. And the world and their wife are ringing yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, very heteronormative. Could be the world and the Sorry, husband. it really could. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're very correct. <laughs> right. World and their partners. And um, and so that took a while as well. And, then, and I remember I was sat in, in the, trying to tell this doctor what had happened. She kept interrupting me and I'm going, oh, could it be this? Could it be this? It was like, all of those things. It's all of them. I, I really just need you to listen to me tell you this now and to, and felt very rude, but to not interrupt because I need this referral because yeah. I need to talk to somebody. Mm. Um, because, you know, apart from trying to keep the, the face on, you were talking about, you know, people at work and, and recognising what you like, being grumpy. People that were close to me at work were like, when I told, because I actually sat down with them, my team and said, I'm going into therapy. I'm taking this time off every week. If, if you wonder where I've been, that's where I'm going. Um, it took, it took, once I said that, they were like, oh, right, that makes sense. Like, what? I was like, I've been a bit of an yeah. arsehole. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. It's like, no one said anything to me. No. I just thought it was stress. Yeah. It's like, okay. But that, did that feel better in itself? Just all of a sudden, like, yeah. people around you, there's no sort of guessing. Now they know, yeah. and you know, and everything else. It, it was great. So one of, one of that group that I told actually then said, can I talk to you afterwards? I'm really glad you told me this. My partner's been feeling the same. What help? What, where do I go to find them help? Amazing. That's so. And I was like, oh wow. So by me saying that, I've actualized another person. Well. Yeah. Go, oh well, because they didn't know where to go. Yeah. They didn't know what routes were available to them or how they go into yeah. it. So yeah, I can't go. It's so common. That's amazing. It's like we've been doing this, and the amount of people who have then said, 
said things like similar, like I never realised we could do it. Yeah. But you know, like that experience of uh, you go to the, it takes you a lifetime to get an appointment with the doctors. Yeah. And you go to the doctors, like I went to the doctors and they were like, well, we can't give you any other medication. And I went, well, I'm not, I'm not all right though. Mm. And then I said, right, I want to refer to a psychiatrist. And they were like, well, no, like you're going to be, this is just you. And I was like, right, well then I'll be dead. Mm. So then it, it had to take the push, and then I went to see a psychiatrist, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we could try this medication, we could try this, we could try that, we could refer you to that." And that that's part of the problem is your experience is that. But I think it's really lovely. He said, um, "You know, when you actually kind of were honest about it, mm. other people were then honest with you." Yeah. And it's like we can talk about it. You know, it's not a weakness. Other people are then like, oh, fucking thank God someone said something. You know, I've been struggling with that. But it just fucks me off. It's such a nightmare just to get to the point. And like, that's why people don't do anything about it. Well, we don't have a system built to help people to do it. No, we don't. So we've got a group of, a group of men. This is not my idea. I, I listened to, uh, do you know, shout out to the podcast, um, All Killer No Filler. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Curie Pritchard McLean talking about... We after the Second World War, you had a generation of men brought up by a generation of men who'd been through two wars. Yeah, wow. Right? Yeah, all those point. men had PTSD. Yeah. Really, I don't think you could yeah. come back from that and be <laughs> no. all right. No, no so it was like I'm probably had it as well. Yeah, 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 you know, and and then so that group of men was brought up like this is how you behave: you're quiet and you get on with it, and you don't talk about your feelings because if you talk about your feelings, it'll kill you. Yeah, mm. if you talk about your feelings, like, you'll break down and you won't be able to just walk into that cannon or. Cannon gunshot. <laughs> wow, what, yeah. what was this? Going back a bit too far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you won't, you won't be able to do that. And so, so the systems that are built, even like doctors, yeah. male doctors, aren't built to deal and talk with this stuff. So the system isn't built to allow That's people easy access to talk about it. Makes it. so much yeah, Not my not my, my idea, mm. but fascinating idea. Incredible about it. And, yeah. and I think we need to take as men to look after each other, and take a much more holistic view of mm. of how things interact with each other and, and not just think okay this is me and i can deal with it on my own no actually there's lots of stuff preceding that and not to blame anyone for anything but just to acknowledge that that stuff happened and yeah maybe it does affect how we are something you said about uh that's why i asked you about it was um you said about you you started crying a lot mm-hmm. um and i notice more I, I've noticed in people I've spoken to and I noticed in myself that when things were really fucking wrong and really, really bad, I couldn't stop crying. And it was almost like it came to that point for me to go, Oh shit, this ain't right and that's when you're like, right, doctors mm. Yeah, I was talking to someone else I know today and he was like, Is you know, he, he has points when he's just crying all the time and I'm like, You need to go to the doctor yeah, yeah, yeah. because you shouldn't be crying all the time. You know, it's all right if there's things to cry about, you know. But otherwise, like, that—that that is that, that is kind of your body saying you're not coping here. You know, something needs to happen. So you went and did it. Yeah. So what's your experience been? Really positive. I, I've, I am a massive advocate for therapy. Yeah. I fucking love... I love good therapy. Bad therapy, it can really what's bad put therapy? you off. Well, the problem is, I think um, a lot of people go into therapy and they go, they go in there and they expect to be done to someone. A therapist will go right, all right. This is what you need. Like this is the answer. Bing. Yeah, I, I've turned the switch in your head. You're now better. 
A therapy doesn't work like that mm. because it's still got to come from you. All they're going to do is give you suggestions, give you an opportunity to speak openly, which is actually like sometimes that's all you need, um, and then give you they guide you in a direction, and then you have to go away for the week between or the two weeks between and fucking think about it and work on it and try it and do all that. And I think I've spoken so many people that have gone, oh, they're therapists, they're, they're fucking wankers, they're shit. And I'm like, are they? And they're like, well, you know, I went in there, it just made me feel worse. And I'm like, it does do that. Because <laughs> yeah. you're talking about painful things that you've probably never said before. Mm. That, that's, that's hard. It is hard. I don't think it's necessarily down to the... Per, oh, I think it's a bit of both, actually. I'll, I'll, can I talk from my experience? Yeah. Mine was, I've, it's the only time I've been in therapy, so I don't have a control therapy to, to measure it against. But it was great because it allowed me an opportunity to just talk yeah. without someone trying to give me advice on how to fix it because he doesn't know anything about the context. So he's just talking. Actually, he didn't talk at all. He's got to hear it all first. Yes. A good, the best therapist generally will just let you talk and at the end. Occasionally, they'll say, I think this, uh, they'll reflect back, they'll yeah. paraphrase and go, I think this is what I'm hearing. What I really liked about it as well, so you talk, you talk then about the uh, week in between. Oh, no. I've got a friend. My dog's um, in. Brad's <laughs> gone for a wee uh, in there. Uh, um, she's very what, loving. No, no. Oh, she's very loving. Um, the week in between, so he gave me exercises in between each week. Mm of things too. So the first one was like, let's spot the situations where these feelings were arising. So a lot of my, one of the things I was really struggling with was I was having really unhelpful thoughts such as like I'd be on the tube and whereas I'd, I'd lived in London for you know 10 plus years, tube never bothered me. All of a sudden being around people, being around large groups made me really angry. And so I'd get really, really angry on the tube and in my head, never acts on it but in my head I don't I could see myself like wheelbarrowing through the tube fist I flying used to, I used to do and like, I could just almost I'd be on the tube and it's almost like an out of body experience where I could see myself hitting these people yeah. I've thrown like three punches in my entire life that's the I'm not an angry person that's anger isn't it yeah You've got anger and what I'm, yeah what am I angry at yeah. What what's this thing I'm, I'm not really angry I'm sad I'm just think I don't know how to deal with yeah. being sad so a lot of it was like <laughs> Brad you're gonna have to can you let her out? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. A lot of it was, yeah, um, I was transposing my my sadness or, you know, into into feelings that I knew. Right, I can deal with angry because I know what angry is like. So it was like, oh, can we look at when you're feeling this? Is it personal? Is it professional? When is it breaking out of these? I'm trying to have a serious competition. Get out. And, um, Grab her. Great sorry. podcasting, dogging. Um, and so... What was really helpful was having that structure in between the sessions of this is what we're going to focus on this week. This is what we're going to focus on. Because for me, I like having things to do. I like be like something to uh, engage my brain. And so having that structure really, really helps. So I'd say it was just very good therapy. So it's funny. I think um, like I, I put a post on recently about uh, on the socials about <clears throat> stop moaning and start doing. Because I think there's, there's something very powerful in you start taking action. Mm-hmm. So your the action might just be that you ring, you go, right, oh, I'm going to book a doctor's appointment. It might take you a week or two to actually get there. But in that time, you know you've done something about it. And, you know, like, so 
a good therapist will say, go away mm-hmm. and think about this for the, the week and see how you get on. You know, just a few little tips, see, see what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you're actually engaging in being better. Yeah. And like, I really swear by that. I think like that is properly the answer. You can't, that kind of comes back to the, you can't go to therapy and expect to be fixed. You've got to do the work. So it, yeah. So they were kind of doing that for you, saying, "Right, we'll go and do this." But you, but the reason it works for you is because you're like, "I want to do it." Yeah. I, I didn't want to feel on. like that anymore. I want to get better. It's like I can't. I do, I don't want to feel like this anymore. This isn't good yeah, so for you, me. And there's your motivation. Yeah, and I think sometimes, maybe it's a British thing. We feel bad about being selfish. Mm. Like almost, I think there's a real snobbery towards therapy because it's something Americans do. Mm. Um, oh, it's it's. Americans, we're, we're British. Actually, or, I think or, it's a fundamental rich, flaw. Rich people, rich people have therapy. Yeah, it's hard. Well, the only reason that I got seen so quickly was because it was a work private health scheme. I mean, I could do two of the three, two of the consultate, three of the. One was video online, two were a call, and then yeah. the face to face with the GP. Mm-hmm. If I'd had to go to the GP and then go to like um, where I live, uh, talking therapies, think that it's like a nine month waiting list. Yeah, yeah. I um, I went to the GP. Um, was told either tablets or therapies. I thought, right, I definitely See, want that therapy your, as well. That was your thing. To, yeah, one or the other, See, like that, red pill or blue is, pill. Like, just coming back to that, now I've got to fucking be in my bonnet about this because it really, really annoys me. The problem is with that is that basically it's better to use the two-pronged approach. Yeah, totally. So you have the medication to make you so you're not a mess when you go to therapy. Yeah. It levels you out. You go to therapy, you're in a better position to talk. You're stronger, you're more able to move forward. So that one or the other is a bullshit fucking approach. I'm going to disagree, only because I was really adamant that I didn't want to take any any medication, but not because of... uh, I don't (laughs) agree with it, because I really wanted to feel... How I was, how I was feeling through that process. So I think just also, also will say, um, like I, I I say the medication thing, and I also will say I don't, you know, it's not for everyone. Mm. It works for some people, it doesn't for others. I I I don't like the choice bit. No, no, I I was just so undecided. So I literally just went away and decided, and they said, well ring up about the uh, counselling, have a phone assessment and that, and then eventually we go and have therapy as well while you're deciding mm. whether you want the uh, medication. And, um, yeah, it's just so long, I still haven't gone back. This is, like, last year, maybe yeah, two so years ago. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not the appreciation for the for the state you're potentially in. If you're in a right state, you know, and you, you're, you, you're not in a position to have a lot of control over yourself yeah. and other things, then medication's a really quick way of sorting that out. Mm. Um, what I do like about what you said is that you you acknowledge the feeling, and mm. I, I, from a personal point of view, that's been a massive step forward for me. Is not fighting the feelings and going right. Well, I feel this way. Why do I feel this way? Rather than just going, well, I'll just get off my face to ignore those feelings. I've been there. So I really like what you say because I really agree mm. with that. I think that's a really I true. I want to. Personal for a second. So years and years ago, I was I was in a relationship with someone uh, for about three years, and I didn't. I didn't, it was only when I was outside of it that I realised how destructive and how um, essentially. I I think if I could go, <laughs> what am I trying to say? I think I was I think I was mentally abused. Right. I think I was mentally abused only because I've got no one else to qualify it. But you know, cut me off from my friends. Didn't want me going out on my own. Uh, wanted to control my finances, 
uh, just really, while while I was in it, it was just it was just awful, and it did relate to a point that you were just saying, and I can't. That does tick all the boxes for abuse, by the way. Yeah, uh, I work with. But that did link to something you were just talking about, and I forgot. While like I was sitting in your feelings, no, I said about um, killing your feelings with. Oh yeah, and so we ended up. So we were just on it all the time. I was just absolutely off. Admit this, off my face all the time, and it's only when I stopped. I remember one. I remember once, and I came back and I said, "Can't, can't." Like he wasn't working at the time; he had a lot of money. And I said, "Can't you not have not have that in the house because I've got to go to work tomorrow?" And I know I won't be able to say no. He goes, "Well, it's not my problem if you can't say no." Oh wow. And yeah, and and that's when I realised I was going. I'm just using this to yeah. numb how I feel about all of this, mm. all of this other stuff that's going on. Yeah. And so, so when we came, when I when I finally I went right, I'm I'm done, I'm done. And but by the by, and and left, walked out and left. And I remember being so broken by it that I wouldn't go out and see people. I didn't want to even see my own friends. I thought there's two ways I can deal with this. I can carry on getting hammered. Or I can just go sober. And so I did. I just stopped drinking, stopped smoking, stopped doing anything, and just started going to the gym and just re it took that that big life reset to go, actually this is how I'm gonna deal with it now. Investing and investing in yourself almost. Yeah, yeah. and it's self care. Yeah. Take yeah, care right. of yourself, treat like get a proper night's sleep. Yeah. Eat well, like some of the basic things that we just don't don't do or to look after ourselves. It's it's weird that you have to hit a point like that. It's go. horrible, yeah. Oh fuck! But a lot of people don't come out the other side. No, they don't. They don't do that. No, they don't. I'm sorry. That makes me. I'm not trying to big myself up there. I'm just saying that we should recognise that if if you notice that in your friends, if you notice them pulling away, you shouldn't pull away. You should make more of an effort to reach out because when you're in the dark, what you want is someone to go, "Oh, you're right." And then there's that thing people go, "Oh, if you if you just ask me, I'm all right. I'll I'll just break down. Actually, break down then." Yeah, that's the thing. It needs to happen. You say to someone you're right, and they say, if, if you ask me, I'm all right, I'll break down. And it's like, no, you're not all right. You know, yeah, come on, let's go and have yeah. a chat. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. and have a chat. Yeah, like, I often will say to people I've worked with, and like, there's you know, I've worked with people and they've had difficult times, and even just generally, I've worked with hundreds of people all the time, really. And like, you'll just see there's a, there's a shift, mm. and there's a, like, it's almost like there's a darkness has descended, and I'm like. It's no one going to say anything here. And you just go over and just say, you don't seem yourself. You just want to go and have a chat. It's like, why can't fucking people do that? Mm. Like, it's almost like, oh, you don't, you're going to catch it. But maybe, maybe everyone's fucked up a little bit. And oh, so you're almost in your own little yeah. dark place. And you go, actually, I can't take on someone else's yeah. stuff you know, at the I moment. Like and sometimes. I, I do feel like that sometimes. I want to get myself another, where do I get this from? Uh, in the fridge, just by the, in the corner there. Yeah, it's difficult to like self-regulate and kind of have the feeling of, you know, am I all right? Is everything okay? And friends around me. Is it the right? Uh, is I it right to reach out? It, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy to approach someone and say, "Are oh, you all right?" But what's the alternative? Mm. You know, what's the alternative? Like people are dying. Yeah, just go over. They and really say, are. Right. Like they can always go. Leave me alone. You know, like what? What? What's lost? Yeah. You might be that one person who's changed. Who, who will really make a difference for them. And like, and all right, sometimes you do feel like uh, 
you know, you're carrying around enough of your own shit. I feel like that all the time. Mm. And on those days, I won't go, are you all right? <laughs> yeah, okay. You know? But on the other days, I'll go, are you all right? Yeah. I just, I kind of, I don't know, I just really feel like as humans, we, we all... We're all human beings. We all struggle the same shit, and we should try and look out for each other a little bit. Of course. And I, so like, I feel, I feel that. And and what was going to say? Um, so yeah. So the bit about sometimes that you need like a dramatic thing to mm. go to push you up into the change, yeah, yeah. into doing something differently. And I, I just think that's so true. I've certainly feel, I've just done eight thousand steps. Oh, nice work! Eight. eight. Oh, well done. Thank you. We're going to get into how many steps you've done. This could be a Good regular work, segment. How many steps have you done? <laughs> I've done twenty-five thousand. Uh, well, using... I've, I've driven and I've sat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, your phone must be sat on the dashboard, going da 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 da. To the work and the car park and going outside for a fight. It's a sound well geeky. You remember when Pokemon Go first came out? Yeah. People were putting them on old turntables. Because it didn't measure the GPS with like oh, soft, really? soft movement. Because yeah. if it went above a certain speed, it's like, no, 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 you're going too fast, you're not walking. It doesn't yeah. even want that. Get all your steps in. Get all your steps in. Yeah. That's amazing. You can with Pikachu at the start. It's yeah. a little Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, nice. It's a complete it's callback. It's a good idea. <laughs> not all the podcast is about. So I'm interested in. Um, see, my brother in law is gay. And I know. I do not speak for all gays. No. I was going to start. Do you know him? You know him, right? You must. You must I know must him. Have gone out with him at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, of course. You definitely. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> no, but no. I, I tell you why I say because what we talked about on when I spoke to you briefly on the phone, you mm. you, you said a lot about um, isolation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot about isolation. A lot of like gay men in their forties have become very isolated, and that that kind of struck a chord with me because I'm 35, um, by the way, but hey. Not in my forties, but come on. Well, it's kind of not. I tell you what, uh, it's like um, it's nice to. I mean, me and Brad are obviously very handsome, but you're much more handsome than Quaffer. Ah, totally. Quaffer, I've got no hair to Quaffer. Really rough and ready. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you're very well presented. Do you know what I? We were, talk, we were talking about like what what is masculinity, and, and I'll get on the social thing. I agonised over this for half an hour. And I put on different sets of trainers, different sets of sock combos. I was like, you're filming a podcast. Yeah. I was just a, you, no, do you we, film a podcast? No. You're recording a podcast. It doesn't really matter what you wear, does it? Really it's, it's, as long as you're I've got no hair, so I can't quaffer it. No, but, uh, you're, 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 the, on on the isolation piece, it was a stonewall report. And it was talking about um, men, uh, gay men in, in the 40s and 50s and, and isolation. And not just insofar as that they'll have less support groups in terms of family, because they're coming from... Well, actually, coming from 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 non traditional support groups, not being there, like what if I'm there? But also little things, so like holding someone's hand in public, yeah, giving them a kiss, yeah, all of that is isolating. Wow, because yeah, I, me and Matt, won't walk through where we live holding hands, mm. just because what if something happens? Yeah. So imagine you live your entire life. Think, what if? What if? So you're never in the moment. You're with wow. the person you love. But the only time you can really be in the moment is behind closed doors yeah. or Soho or yeah. somewhere really accepting. Because yeah. you never know if someone's just going to start giving you, give you abuse in Soho. But it takes the well, edge off. And so you uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, why should you be uncomfortable? So there's that, what's that psychological term? Covering. When you cover parts of yourself. So 
to, to make yourself more acceptable to the people around you. Yeah. So you might act, one might act less camp at work or not come out because they don't think anyone else is out and you work in, I don't know, city bankery, testosterone driven. Yeah. It could all be out, you never know. Um, and so, yeah, so all of these things become isolating and self-perpetuating behaviours because you don't see other gay men or other gay women holding hands. Therefore, you don't do it. So it yeah. becomes a self-fulfilling circle. Yeah, and, it's, and it just become really isolating. It really occurred to me, you, you, when you said that, and um, and I just thought, well, my brother was completely like that. Uh, and then there's been many times, I, like, I'm a bit of a thinker, so like, my wife's brother, he, he can behave incredibly selfishly at times. Mm. And, then, and then I'll go, oh, it's fucking out of all that. Like, you know, and then I'll think, his experience of life is completely different. Mm. You know, it's completely different to mine. Uh, and he would have had to have faced so much more adversity just for being who he is. Like, the adversity you'd have to face, it's like, we, we can't even comprehend it. Mm. So it's like, so I was just thinking, I, 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 I need to give him some slack on that. A little bit because I just thought, but well, uh, Sarah's parents are very, very religious, so uh, you know, being brought horrible. up in like they were like Helen Brimstone, you know, uh, Pentecostal Christians. I, I wasn't brought with any religion, so these have yeah. no frame of reference. Well, to me. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, Pentecostal was the proper, you know, like the southern crazy preacher, okay? So it's very, very strong and it's very much. Like you know, gays are gonna burn in hell, that kind of thing, um, and so I was like, "Fucking hell, how hard's that?" So basically, he pushed everyone away because yeah. he just assumed that everyone would reject him. Assumed his parents would reject him, and he did come out uh, not long after Sarah and I were together, and they didn't. But it it was still a bit, it was still weird. But you know, you accept it's gonna be a bit weird, and you roll with it, um, but. You know, I was thinking, you know, I'm, that's not an experience that I've ever had to kind of think about or worry about. And actually, like that, like you could see how that all of those things have really shaped him. Mm. You know, that's all made him close off because now he's closed off to everyone. Uh, and I think it's just because like, that was yeah. his learnt behaviour when he was younger. It was like, I'll close everyone away because they're going to say, they're going to reject me the minute they find out who I am. I was like, fucking, that's a massive burden. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a huge, huge burden. And, you know, it's nothing... I mean, I suppose I could kind of empathise or I could put myself in that position having mental health problems all my life, you know? Like, yeah, it does a little bit. But, you know... You know, it does just as much. It does just as much. We shouldn't ever uh, miniaturise. We shouldn't ever... What's the word I'm searching for? Compartmentalise. Oh, no, make... Just because... Make yes, yes, this person's had something awful happen to them, and that's their 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 awful thing that's happened to them. Your awful thing isn't more or less valid no, than theirs no, no. because you weren't in that situation. And I'm not saying that there's what were like you've never grown up in a war zone, so yeah. Yeah, you know, I can imagine that actually would be worse. But you shouldn't think that your thing is less important yeah. than theirs because yeah. that is your thing. Yeah, I suppose not thing, but I you know what I'm driving that, at. That, like, was, that was me almost trying to put my like looking for a similarity. Okay. Mm. And that was where I could find some similarity in it, but um, yeah, no, it does occur to me. I think oh, that's that's really fucking difficult. It's really difficult, 
And then he was saying that like, he went to Cambridge, like he's really, really intelligent. Wow. Uh, he went to Cambridge, and everyone at Cambridge, like he could come out of Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. But everyone at Cambridge was really, really posh, and he <laughs> got there like on a um, like a scholarship, yeah, type thing, and he was from Essex, and he weren't posh. And now, if you speak to him, he sounds posh mm. because he has to put it on. He loses it when he's around me. But um, that's just tribalism, though. Yeah, that's why that's why accents exist. Yeah. Sort of, of red mm. is that we feel comfortable around other people because you go, oh, we're from the same place. Uh, yeah, and our and, and our brains. That's why I don't talk look, like that when I yeah. come down here. You know, I was born in Salford, you know. Salford. <laughs> but our, but we do that as humans. Cause like we to make sense of the world, we have to compartmentalize. Which is horrible. So you end up with tri- like there's this phrase, you know, find your tribe, find who you're comfortable with. And I remember growing up. I remember growing up. Um, there was so I was thinking about this because obviously I've been thinking about coming on here and, and what I talk about. And I was thinking about people you'd look up to, people in the public eye. Mm. And even when I was coming out, so my mum and dad were they were they were good. I wouldn't say they were great. Sorry if you ever listened to this, mum and dad. Um, love them now. Amazing, amazing, amazing parents. I love you both very much, and are so supportive of me and Matt and and wonderful. But at the time we had a really difficult few years. And part of it was because they had no, apart from, like, who were they growing up with? Like, Larry Grayson. Maybe, like, yeah. one and episode of EastEnders was, once Yeah, at that, some was, that stage. was their frame. Yeah. And everyone yeah. had got AIDS yeah. or died. Yeah. Yeah. Or, there were, or there, were, there were, you know, a, woman, a man just as a woman. Like, that was the, not that there's anything wrong with those things at all. That's no, what I'm saying. No, but no. that was their frame of reference. So they were terrified. Yeah, of they were like, oh, he's, he's, I remember my mum saying to me, you know, I'm worried that you're going to die alone. Wow. 16. I'm like, wow, okay, crazy. great. Um, and we have talked about this, you won't mind doing it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so so it becomes really fearful then. So you start looking for, who, where's my tribe? Mm. So you grew up in Barnsley and, and there's no one on, t- like the other thing in the late night is what, Graham Norton? Yeah. And so I don't look at Graham Norton and go, well, that's a person like like me. He doesn't represent how I feel. I'm nowhere near as witty. No. I'm not as clever. I'm not as like out there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm still trying to find out who I am. Yeah. And so there was one gay night at a Chicago rock cafe. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was our, where we went to be with our people. Yeah. And then even when I went with that, like you got the, these groups of men that were really firmly like, we're the daddies and we're the bears and we're the twinks and we're the this and we're the that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to put myself Jeez. in a box and yeah, then be treated sure. like that. Yeah. So it becomes very difficult to try and build a sense of self mm. because Everyone's just already decided how you're going to go. No, you sh- you look like this, so you should be here. Wow. You're not clever enough with the one-liner, so you should go there. You should, and, and so that in itself becomes isolating because you're going, I don't want to <laughs> just be this this thing. I want to be a per- a person that has... Yeah, sometimes know, I might want to do that. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I might want to do this. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, it, actually, and it also goes into fitting within what your traditional forms of masculine, masculinity should be. Like, I've got to like the football. I've got to want this, and I've got to want this, and I've got to want this, and and the, the both both sets of that tribalism are man man made, yeah. and drive the same toxic behaviours. It's it's putting people in a box so that other people can decide that that box isn't the right yeah. box. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight or bi or, or whatever the beautiful rainbow of humanity you wanna wanna embark on. It's still toxifying to try and do that and to try and label it like that. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. No. No. I think that's. But that's kind of what's quite nice about what you said actually is um, 
like that experience, even like going to a club, like I've certainly had that experience going to a club. You know, I've always felt like a bit. I've always felt separate. So if I go to a club, I feel exactly those things. Mm. Exactly those things. Um, and um, in some ways, like I think that's probably pretty universal. Yeah. Mm. And then, uh, and then you find your tribe, and then you're comfortable for a bit, and then you think, oh fuck, they're wankers. <coughs> you know. Yeah. Like actually, that's not me. You know, like you have a point in your life when you've got a group of friends and you're all in it together, and you might be that group of bullies that like we were talking about before, and you 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 feel uncomfortable for a bit, but actually, then you think, well, that's not me. Because mm. even at that stage, you probably thought it was you because you aspired yeah. to be like those people around you for a little while because they were the people doing whatever in you your mind was the right thing bit. to do. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. You start feeling good. You feel comfortable. You feel like you're part of something. And then later on, you think, actually, that's not me at all. Mm. And it's only, I think, when you get that bit older, when you start thinking, oh, I think I do know what, mm. what, what is me now. Yeah. And I'm not really, I don't give a fuck about them. I'm going to be me now. Yeah, I think I it, it comes with age, but I kind of wish it didn't, because I'd like, <laughs> yeah, I'd like, I'd like to know <laughs> like how yeah. much is actually changing in culture and society that yeah. has changed. I wish I kind of could stay the same because I had a frame of reference on it because I feel like things are getting better. Things are getting spoken about a lot more um, and it is a little bit more in the public eye, but obviously I'm under no disillusion that it isn't how maybe we would all like it to be kind of thing. But I, I do feel that things have changed, but then our attitudes kind of change as we do get older. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard to know in what direction everything is going really it's strange that like, i work with uh quite often i work with like teenagers mm -hmm. and um like they they're like as homophobic and as sexist as, as you could imagine and there's just that bit of me that thinks it's an interesting mix yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah homophobic <laughs> and sexist they're like sexist pigs they make me sick and, uh, and uh, yeah, they're like massively homophobic and um, like I'll pull them up on it. But they're uh, very much like, I just think it's like that age group. You're like so desperate to fit yeah. in and you're so desperate to be accepted by everyone around you. And like I, that doesn't go for a long time, mm. uh, I find. And so I mm. think sometimes it's like I kind of have to remind myself that... Uh, yeah, they need to be told that actually, like, that's fucking out of order. But in the same respect, some of that shit is just growing up. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's our hour. hour. Oh, damn it. I was going to get into that. That's one hour. So basically, at the end of the hour, we kind of cut it off uh, as if it was a therapy hour. Right, okay. Well, um, We'll park that there. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, my hair looks dreadful. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the end of that episode, everybody. Um, thank you to Neil. <laughs> Thanks, Neil, Neil. say goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Say goodbye, Bradders. See you later, lovelies. Take care. Thanks for checking us out.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 